Well, I believe that everybody um, has these moments in their lives, these crossroads. We all have breaking points, and you either break through or break down. And Jeff and I decided not to break up and break down. We decided to break through. And I believe that the system that we're talking about that you've been listening to today is the system that God put on us is the inhale and the exhale. We all inhale things, and we all have to exhale things. Most of us, we inhale, and then we hold on to it. But even the good things with God, He wants you to breathe them in and breathe them out because He wants to give you another breath. He don't want you to hold. He don't want yesterday to be your best day. He don't want high school to be your glory years. He He wants your best to be yet to come, Amen. and that's the process of inhaling, exhaling. So wherever you're at today, if the breath has been knocked out of you, or you feel like you are um, toxic because of what you've been holding on to on the inside, I'm going to tell you that through the help, if you say Jesus, help me, I want to exhale all of this baggage. I believe that you blow that out and he will. And then you've got to replace what you've been breathing. Before we get started, I wanted to give a shout out to our sponsor, Proper Creative. They help me with our brand content and, of course, making our swag. They're the ones that ship it out to us. That's Proper Creative. And they work with any type of business, whether you're a big corporation or a small business or even running it out of your house. They will work with you and they will help you and relieve a ton of liability and work from your shoulders. That's Proper Creative. You can follow them on Instagram, P-R-O-P-R, or you can go to their website at P-R-O-P-R. R-O-P-R-L-L-C.com. Let Proper Creative help you build your brand and sell direct to consumer, regardless of the size of your business. Proper Creative is definitely a good choice. Welcome to another week of Level Up with Matt Rogers. I'm your host, Matt Rogers. With me, as always, my man, Eli Adelman. Yes, sir. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Dude, last week, intense, real, yeah. Jeff Bramlett, ex-Dodger player, wonderful marriage, went in the ins and outs of everything, loves the Lord, struggled with a sex addiction, yep. talked about that, came out on the other side. Precursor, told you we were going to bring his wife on this week. Yeah. She's in the house. You ladies out there, get ready for a spiritual powerhouse and a woman who has coined the phrase, the F word, no wait, yeah, the real F word, yep. forgiveness. In the house with us today, the one and only Allison Bramlett. I'm Go. so excited, and I'm just so excited that my husband came in, Mr. Clean, had to clean this place up, that number four, <laughs> bringing in the whole team. Here he is. And, Je- oh, and just transparency, how important it is for us just to be real with each other, because life is is messy, but God's big enough to clean it up. And um, I'm glad you guys got to hear his side of the story. <laughs> <laughs> and now we get to hear your the side. The real side I, of the story. No, like we're being cheeky about it, yeah. like but such a serious subject. But that's, I mean, like that's how you are. Like yes. you, you, you guys are staying in our house right now. You're some of our yes. dearest friends. Like, And well, you do- brought it up and you said sex addiction. So um, someone... One day said, Allison, how did you deal with it? I said, well, my husband dealt with sex addiction. I was just glad when he just wanted to only have sex with me. That was an exciting time for us. Okay. I mean, but, well, like, but you have to go ahead and decide the joy of the Lord is our strength. You can't have a victim mentality. And there's so many layers to that that we can get into and talk about. But I just knew that my identity was in Jesus and not in my relationship with Jeff and that hurting people hurt people. Healed people, heal people. 
and there had to be broken things in us and we're in cycles and we wanted to break those things. So you have to talk about it. And it's amazing to me. We can talk about cancer. We can talk about disease. We can talk about drugs. We can talk about money. We can talk about everything. But man, you say the word sex and people aren't comfortable, but God created sex as an intimacy. It's part of something that's beautiful that he wants to do. And that's why the enemy likes to pervert it. And so we want to talk about God can bring all things right again, and He can work all things to your good, making all things new, and um, it's a miracle, but it is the real F word, is forgiveness. So the thing that I love about you guys the most, obviously we laugh, we have fun, but yes, what you see is what you get with Jeff and you. Like, yes. The way that Jeff talked, like, that's the way he is. He's soft-spoken, yes. real guy. I mean, such a, a deep well, like, there's so much gold last week, there and is. he was vulnerable and transparent. You, you and I are a lot alike, like, we're showy. We're happy. Yes. We laugh. We joke. You're not just doing this because you're on the podcast. Like this is how she no, is all right. the time. Were you always like this? Like, cause you know, I've heard, you know, we've talked and you were like, I was the girl who was 13, 14 years old and I'd carry my Bible to school and girls would make fun of me. Yeah. Like, the BYOB, bring your own Bible. <laughs> I don't know. Some people have some bottle Eli issues. I like that one. It's called, BYOB <laughs> means bring your own Bible. Yeah. Really truthfully, when I was a very young girl, I remember having an encounter with the Lord personally. And um, just him coming into my life, having conversations with the Lord. And um, some people are like, does that really happen? Well, it did for me. Yeah. How? And, what, what does that look like? Um, well, I believe at um, about five years old that the Lord appeared to me and spoke to me and mm. walked um, in a yard with me. You believe or he did? Well, I know he did. And um, I shared with people, but you don't have to believe it. I know it happened. And so I had this amazing encounter. So when people that are like, man, I don't believe in the Lord. I don't believe in Jesus. I'm not, okay, that's fine. I'm believing he shows up at your house too. But I got to actually meet him in person. And um, it was an amazing thing. He talked to me, spoke to me. And really just, I saw things, and I don't know that we actually spoke with words, but I know that I had a conversation with him. Right. And I remember thinking that he walked through a rainbow, and as I have the, reflected, I realize now that there was so much light coming through him, he looked like a prism with every color coming out. And it was just a sweet time. But I knew then in my life that I, that I had a great sense of joy. I remember actually laughing with the Lord and it being fun. And I called myself Allison Joy after that. I named myself. <laughs> I didn't have a middle name. Told my mom and dad about it. Thank God they love me, love the Lord. And they, they were like, okay, sure, that happened. That's great. So you've always loved Jesus. You, like, you really were the girl that would go to school with your Bible. Yeah, really. That Why? was me. Like, did you do it because you wanted to stand out? You wanted people to know? Or like, did you read it when you walked? Like, what? I read it. And um, I believe that Jesus is my first love. I don't have it, but since I was 16, I always said I was going to get his name in Hebrew tattooed on my ring finger because I was married to him first. And because I was married to him, um, first is my first love. I could definitely keep Jeff as my second. And so that's how it has to work in every good relationship, right. I believe. So, yeah, I was that girl, and um, I just had a, a love for the Lord. And I love the intimacy that comes in reading the Word of God and having conversations that comes in prayer and comes in worship. And you know, intimacy is into you, into me, you see. Well, God already sees everything and he loves me anyway. See, and this is what I know about like what Jeff talked about is how forgiving you were and how right when you found out the first time yes. you were mad, you were sad, you were crying. But the first thing you did was lay hands on him and prayed with him, which is a grace that, and I know that a lot of women that are going to be listening to this, will be like, well, I can't be like her. I'm not like her. Mm -hmm. What, 
What can we say to them up front before we get to your story of how they can maybe not be like you, but have the grace, the peace, the forgiveness that you have? Well, I'll say this. That happened to be just my first response. And I believe because of other situations that had Jeff had dealt with with suicide that I didn't realize the night before. And I don't know if he shared that. I haven't. He did. Okay. And so different things. I believe the Holy Spirit in me, that was what needed to be said. But now let me tell you this. I was madder than hell after that. So right. I mean, don't, don't, and there was the third language. Just so, <laughs> and, um, so, and I believe, though, that the Lord can love the hell out of you. And he does. And then when you have the love of God in you, you can love the hell out of other people. I believe we're conduits of God, conduits of love. Words, love the hell out of people. I guess so. I don't know, but that's it just came to me, Matt. I don't know. So for those of you who are just listening yeah. to this episode for the first time, I highly encourage you to go back to episode yeah. 122 and listen to Jeff Bramlett first before this one, because we talked last week about his battle with sex addiction. And now we're talking to his wife who forgave him of that. Let's get into that. Okay. You meet Jeff for the first time. You were very young, right? He said, 14. what, 14? I walked by him at a concession stand. And as I walked by, I heard an internal voice or whatever, which I believe is the Lord, Holy Spirit speaking to me. And that's your husband. I was just thankful he was good looking. And so I thought, well, maybe, okay, Lord, we'll just see. And the night he called me and he went, I read the Bible to him on the phone. Um, that night. At so 14. there at 14, there you go. So I was that girl, <laughs> you know, and, um, I'm still that girl today and it makes you different, but here's the thing. God makes you all individually. He doesn't want any of us to copy each other. He's got a divine destiny for everyone in, and it's an individual walk, an intimacy walk, and he will show you what to do if you ask him. And if I could say you do this and this works for everybody, man, we'd be, um, selling that, sure. but what works is God wants a personal relationship with you. And if you will be vulnerable and go ahead and be real, he can move. There's a scripture in the Bible in John chapter four, where there's a lady at the well. People talk about her sometimes. And Jesus walks up to her and says, hey, where's your man at? And um, she's like, well, I'm not really, you know, with the guy. And she answers him honestly in the, the word. In the word, it says, I'm looking for those that will worship me in spirit and truth. And that truth is a little T that means reality. God already knows all your crap. He already knows, and He loves you despite of it, wants to use you despite of it. And like I said earlier, I believe we all are supposed to be a conduit of God's love, but most of us are really good at getting stuff, but we're not good at letting stuff flow through us. And forgiveness has to flow through you. Love has, And so for me, um, these moments began to prepare me. So, I, yeah, I, I went a little different. I'm, I'm reading the Word. I'm sharing Jesus. I'm that person. But you can be exactly who God calls you to be. And He'll tell you there are times that people need to leave relationships. That God, I believe, they're released mm-hmm. in their safety and different things. But for me, I knew the Lord said, fight for your family, just like I knew He said, that's your husband. That That's one thing I'm hoping to really get out of talking with you today, because yeah. I know that there's ladies listening going through a similar situation, yes. and I'm really hoping that you can help them know which one they are. Are they yeah. the one like you that God's telling them to keep their marriage, which I think for the most part, God's always wanting that. Well, He, or, he loves restoration. He's a God right. of restoration. Or are they in a position where they should leave because, and Jeff even said this, you know, he, he said, what I did, um, you know, have, having this addiction and cheating on my wife is, is the one thing that God actually allows a divorce. Yeah. And, but y'all sticked it out. So 
getting into that, you get married at yes. a young age. Yes. And I talked him into it. <laughs> I don't know whether she's joking or not. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, we we both talked. No, I, I probably did. I, bless his heart. He probably would have lived with me, but I wouldn't do that. So yeah, I probably right? had to marry me. You know that's what I'm what, saying? Yeah, that's what let's said. be honest. Because you wanted to be together, and, and yeah. you said, you know, let's get married. He said both of you guys were each other's first. Yes. He did talk about where he thought it crept in with his aunt at yes. a young age. Mm-hmm. We talked about that, but you were his first. He was your first. And he said, our sex life. He's the life- best and the worst I've ever had. Okay, what does that mean? He's the only one. <laughs> I don't know how to compare yourself. So he's the best. Since I've ever had the best and, and the, the worst. worst. <laughs> That's exactly right. I'm sorry. No, you have. I mean, you, this know, is you a, have to laugh about this. You do. You have fun with it, but you're also. And I told him, obviously, I may not have been the best, but I, I was the most consistent. So. <laughs> how do you joke about this? I don't know. I, honestly, um, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And um, when you let God's joy come in and you just really get, I think a lot of people play the shame and blame game. And when you can go ahead and expose what God knows and it doesn't matter and not blame each other and be victims, you can really let the Lord move in and there can be joy that comes into a situation that has pain. You know, and do we have, um, when I look at the scars of our life, I think about forgiveness and I think about how there's, we're scarred by it. You know, things that have cut you and hurt you and those wounds. And my scar can even be um, a thing of my past and pain, or it can be a scar for the future to give hope to other people. And I just decided to let our scars be a place of hope and a place of a future to say, guess what? If God can do it for me, he can do it for you. And that's where that story began. And then it lets joy just come in because I really got over other people's opinions. Now, I want people to like me because I'm a people person. I mean, Jeff probably doesn't care as much if you know our personalities, but I I want everyone at the table to get along and all like each other and like me. But I realized when God liked me and if he knew, it doesn't matter what you know or don't know. I'm going to just be honest and be with him. And so I submitted to him and I knew I was supposed to stay. And if God calls you to something, he will equip you to do it. And, right. and I don't believe he wants us to stay in a place and it be painful or hurtful. It's got to be peaceful and joyful to be the Lord. So, and this is the, yeah. one of the unique things about you is that, you know, a lot of people would say it's strange that you, when I first met you, you're like, oh my gosh, so nice to meet you. We knew we were going to meet each other. And this is my husband, Jeff. He's one, and one of the first things you said is, this is my husband, Jeff. He used to struggle with sex addiction, but God, re, you know, redeemed him. And we have a miracle marriage. And I was like, oh, hey. Nice to meet you. Like that was the first well, you know intro. What? There's something most people think like that's weird, but uh, there's also a big a freedom, freedom. Yeah. that comes that like yes, there's freedom. In, okay, when I met you, let's use this for example. You share your life. You talk about how you tried to be a singer, and then um, you wanted to be a football player. And thank God, now you are a voice of the Lord, the Kingdom. So. <laughs> You know, real life stuff. But one of the first things that we talked about was your children's health issues. Because we talk about those things because it's what you're working through, what God's healed. It's the miracles of our life. You meet people that have had cancer and they've overcome it. You meet people that have been through abuse in broken places. When you can share your story without shame and without blame, you know you got some real healing going on. It's true. It's totally true. And you don't have shame and blame over those situations. Right. With the, I mean, with CF or different things like that are the transitions in your life. And Terry, your wife, did an amazing job on her podcast, but she could share it because there's no shame and blame. That's what, you know, Jeff said. There's, you can share it when you've come out on the other side. Yes. 
you can say, hey, here's what I did. Here's our script, and, and now let me tell you where I'm at now. But going back with you, because okay. we did go there with Jeff, and we heard his yeah. side, and I asked him what I thought some really, like, manly, curious okay. questions of, you know, you, you said you had a great sex life with your wife, then what would you go out there yeah. and, and look for? So I guess my first question going back there with you is, did you know, were there any writings on the wall before you found out that you think he might be cheating? None. And and what's really odd is I consider myself smart, even with a Southern accent. And so I thought, okay, this is, um, but we'd always been friends. We'd always been together. We'd shared stuff. So really when, when he began to share different things with me and the cycles began to happen and talk about stuff, in the beginning, it was very shocking. And people are surprised by that because they're thinking, did you? Well, but we got along. We loved on each other. So like the things that I thought would have said, man, there's something wrong in this area are not there. But aren't most our secrets like that, yeah. that no one else really knows? I mean, don't you see people and, you know, who knows what they're doing on their computer, or their Snapchats or their social media, or, or maybe at work when they're gone or when they're on a road trip or when they're home. I mean, everybody has the opportunity to wear a mask. And Jeff had just worn it, I believe, for a long time. And so, and probably, I believe, put that mask on as a very young man, as a little boy. And there were roots and different things there. So um, the Lord allowed me, and you know, you asked a question earlier, like where other women would know where they were at. I'll just share an experience with you for me as um, I didn't know if I could forgive it. Because people confuse forgiveness that you're, you forget it or you're accepting it. And that's not what forgiveness is. It doesn't mean, or you're, or you're approving of it. Do you understand? There was right. never approval in behavior, and there was never um, uh, like an, ex, you know, this is okay to do. But for me, God's like that with us. We have free forgiveness, and it doesn't matter what we do. Forgiveness was already given, which is just blows my mind. And I'm thinking, okay, God, <laughs> I, I mean, this is not something you do in the natural. It's only something in the supernatural. But I have children, and so a lot of times when I speak with women, they have kids. And if you don't, I mean, you, the Lord can still show you stuff. But for me, this was a reference point. My kids can do just about anything, and I love them anyway. Now, sometimes I'll think, man, I love them. They're stupid. And you can think that about your husband, too. <laughs> not wives, though. Not, but, um, <laughs> but you have this moment. And so I, I remember praying, and I had— this is, this is the night you found out? No, this is weeks after. Weeks after. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and you're on a roller coaster of emotions. One minute you're thankful you're together. The next minute you want to kill each other. And, like, there, but, there's but a lot of that I going on. I ask you this okay. because you are obviously so secure in your relationship with Jesus and your identity yeah. in Jesus. When you found out your husband was cheating, was that shaken at all? Like, I'm not good enough for him. I'm not pretty enough for him. He doesn't like doing it with me as much as he likes someone. Like, did that insecurity ever come in? Or were you so secure in your relationship with, with no, God? No, no. I think that it it creeps in, I think, for anyone. Because rejection does that to you. And, and it is a form of rejection. It is a form of abuse. Whether we like to put it that way, I just decided um, not to let that get in me. I decided not, you know, I believe everyone has pit moments in their life. Either you get pushed in a pit, you may dive in it on your own, you may have just tripped into the pit, but you don't have to let the pit get in you, and that's pitiful. So I just said, I'm not going to be pitiful. I'm not gonna, but I would have to look at myself and I'd say, you remain in the image of God. I'd have to remember we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. And I knew that Jeff was in such a place of deception by the enemy 
to believe all the lies about himself that I, I believe you're fighting deception because that's not what the word says. I mean, and I actually don't even believe if you're the worst woman in the world or the worst husband in the world, there's never an excuse for someone to have that type of relationships and sin in their life. It's just brokenness. Right. And I want to ask you this too, because a lot of times people in any situation, yeah. let's just say it is, you know, you just found out your, your spouse was unfaithful. They question God. Well, where were you? I thought, yeah. you know, how could you let this happen to me? Well, for someone like you, you had a face-to-face moment with Jesus at five years old. You yes. said, you said at 14, when you met him at the concession stand, God I actually told asked you, the Lord, I said, Lord, did I not hear you? Or yeah, did we God make a mistake? told you this is I'm your like, husband. And then I was also like, okay, Lord, I love you. I love him. Well, you, you, I decided, man, this is unfair. You kind of, that's right. the pitiful mentality. And so I was like, okay, I'm equipped. I must be anointed for this. So whatever the enemy's meant for him, I'm going to take this. I really, I almost um, took it and let it push me to my purpose it's because I believe everyone has past pain pride, pettiness, and other people trying to stop you from what your purpose are. And for me, I was like, okay, I knew that I had seen a vision of my future. I knew that I had seen a vision of Jeff and I married. I knew that I had seen a vision of us preaching and doing stuff together, which I still believe is going to happen more in our future. And so I I still, so I held on to the promise of my purpose in the true vision. I think about David in the Bible who was anointed king. Man, and everyone talks about David and the giant. David killed the giant. Well, if you really read that story, David never calls Goliath a giant. He calls him an uncircumcised Philistine. Wow. He never acknowledges him as a giant. David knew he was anointed for king. And even though he may not have been in that position yet, he was serving well. He'd been in the pasture. He's doing whatever the guy, I mean, just doing whatever he needed to be doing. But I believe any obstacle that came against David, any fight, any Philistine, any giant or Goliath or whatever he was, between him and getting to his purpose of the throne. They had to die. I mean, that sucked for Goliath. Because anything that came between him and the promise and the purpose, if he decided not to let it get in him, it couldn't stop him. I believe that that Jeff's decisions, the decisions that come against people, really, I had to hold on to the promise of what God has shown me, and he told me to stay and fight for your family. And so when I did that, I believe my promise was way bigger than my problem. Let me ask you this. First of all, how did you find out? He confessed the first time. He did. Yeah. And then I, I kind of don't feel like I got that out of him. Yeah. He, he came in and shared it with me. He did. Yeah. And then um, it, he cycled for many years and sometimes he would confess quickly. Sometimes he would confess later. Sometimes there'd be a little leakage of information. He'd share a little bit of the story, all the story, but somehow we would finally get all of it, but it didn't always happen easily. Just so that, to be that honest. First time you found out, when did you know you were going to forgive him? I, I never knew that I could really, I wanted to forgive him by faith. I think about it in the story of Luke 17, the Bible. So I began to study forgiveness and I thought, I need help to forgive because it is a supernatural thing. And, you know, I think there's, we have this thing where we believe, what if someone does something that's unforgivable? Mm-hmm. I've never found in the Bible anything that's unforgivable. Really? Yeah. Have you? I, I don't know. I, off the top of my head, I, f- I feel like there's something that says that, and that's the unforgivable sin. Well, blasphemy. that's only, it's Blas- not unforgivable. What they're talking about is blasphemy, but that's really saying, I don't believe in Jesus, and that's what cast you out of presence okay. of God. But in life terms, but in life terms there's, there's no- nothing, right? Am I, yeah. 
I haven't found it yet. There's no caveat that says, and this right. is right. what you need to <laughs> right. not forgive somebody for. Right. <laughs> Even if, so, and here's the thing, there's people today that have been abused, been hurt, that someone, they may never even say, I've, you want people to come to you and say, please forgive me. I decided to forgive Jeff whether he was ever sorry or not. Wow. Because freedom is for me and the forgiveness, not in him. And you say the freedom, this is what you wrote in your blog, and I highly advise everyone to look at your blog. How can they look at your blog? AllieBram.com, A-L-L-I-B-R-A-M.com. And the one you're talking about is the real F word. <laughs> yeah, the real F word. And I wrote this down. You put, it's so powerful. You said, forgiveness doesn't mean I'm agreeing, and it doesn't even mean I'm forgetting, but it does mean I have freedom. Yes. What does that mean? Well, you know, you think about people that have had perpetrators against them and you've been hurt and they've been abused. And a lot of times people say, I just wish they'd asked me, told me they needed me to forgive them. Well, they're dead. I mean, there are people that are buried in dad that can't come back and say, I'm sorry. There's some people that you'll never see again and they won't ever walk in and say, please forgive me. And I decided it didn't matter if he was sorry or not that I'm going to go ahead and forgive. I actually wake up every morning just to decide I'm going to forgive everybody of anything, anyhow. Anybody, anywhere, I want to walk in forgiveness. Doesn't mean I like agreement, but I'm not going to be a prisoner to that. I'm going to break the umbilical cord that ties me to those events. And that's not what I'm going to be fed from. That's what I'm not going to be fueled from. I'm going to be tied to heaven. And if you get tied to me, that's what we're going to be tied to. But I won't be tied to events and pain. That's just not going to But you happen. also, even outside of, you know, outside mm -hmm. of a marriage relationship, just yeah. talk about friendships. Same thing, can same you, principle. But can you forgive someone, like let's say you had a really tight friendship. Yes. You forgive them because of whatever. They mm -hmm. did this or they said that, you mm -hmm. know, whatever. Can you forgive them, but they still don't have as close of access to you as before? Or do you still think that's operating in some sort of unforgiveness because they don't have the access they did before? I actually believe that God gives us all... Um, he loves boundaries and he loves guardrails. God sets those up in our life. I don't know why we think no is a bad word. Right. <laughs> it's not a dirty word. No is not a bad word. And I believe that he will give you wisdom. There are some things that I believe there's full restoration and it can be better than it was before. But even if you're divorced, even if somebody's abused you and hurt you, even if you've been raped, if things have happened, I think you have to get to a place where you release them in forgiveness and you cut the tie of that moment, and you walk in the identity who God's called you, but that doesn't mean they always have access to you. In my life, I knew God wanted to do restoration with Jeff and I. You did. How did you know that? Um, really, I just kept having these dreams, these visions. I would read the Word. Things would pop out to me, and it's like I, I was just seeing these moments. Now, had I been led by my feelings and not by faith, because it takes faith to forgive. They work together. Had I been led by my feelings, we would not be married today. Jeff talked about four um, four affairs that he had. Mm -hmm. Confessed after the first three. And then out of that confession, then he messed up one more time. And then it came out the second time. As I'm talking to you, you talk about a cycle repeating. Yeah. It sounds like you knew more. Like when I talk to you, it sounds like it was more than two forgivenesses. Does that make sense? Yeah, it was. You, like it was because, well, what would happen in my opinion is when that trust is broken, um, and you, it's just hard because if he he would tell you if he bought a, well, he had a lying problem, you know, because that's what happens right, in those that. situations. So he would buy a bird dog and not tell me how much money he spent for it. I thought I'm going to have to kill him over a dog, you know. What I mean, so it, it was it was not even that. It's just learning to trust someone. And I really think we confuse some things. Um, 
I remember thinking, I'll never trust him again. Mm-hmm. And this is what we do in friendships. I may never trust them the same again. Right. Now, I will tell you, I probably if someone called me today and said Jeff was doing something, my first response would not be like, they would never do that. I'd probably say, okay, let me pray. <laughs> like, let me get my, my footing. Well, that's not that I don't trust him, but we've had a, a yeah. past of something. Sure. It's just like if your kid cheats on one test and then t- a few years later, another teacher says, hey, your kid cheated mm-hmm. because of one other incident. And you think, well, that's possible. <laughs> I right. mean, it could happen. But you, you move to a different place. But in those moments, I just felt like I, I saw a cycle of... Um, learning how for us to work things out. But it was a lying cycle that he had to break. And I don't even think he would realize he was doing it as much. You know, he would struggle. And I would see him do good, struggle, do good, struggle. And just even fellowship, talking, growing, just in life, in his personality. You said something in your blog that I wrote down that it sounds really awesome when you read it. Then I sat with it for a second and I'm like, I don't know if I can do that or I don't know. I I mean, even say, I I don't know if I agree with that. And I want you to talk to me about this because it sounds great when I say it and I'm going to say it right now and you guys are going to be like, wow, that's awesome. That's a revelation for sure. But then when you sit with it for a second you're like, I don't know if that's necessarily true. I could do that. Here's what you said. Powerful. When you hear it, it's you said, once I realized that God never meant for me to trust people. Yes. Then you said one you, that God told you to trust him, not people. Yes. That is a revelation. That sounds awesome. I'm like, amen. Absolutely. Then I sat with it and I'm like, well, wait a minute. No, I'm supposed to trust my wife. Well, I have to trust my wife. Don't you, I? Well, let me say this. You can trust the Jesus part of Terry, but if there's any area in her that's not full of the Lord, and yeah, I believe you can have good areas in your life and you can have some weird areas. And I believe most of us say we trust ourselves until we're on a diet and we pass by a McDonald's <laughs> and then you're not trustworthy. Right. I mean, and I think that's what the Lord starts showing me is we break promises to ourselves. It says a man does not even know his own heart. Only God does. But the Lord also says in the word that he will complete the good work he began in us. I decided to trust that God could complete the good work in Jeff. And it wasn't my job to control it, not my job to police it. And I wasn't his savior. I was a believer. I was to believe for us, not save us. Jesus could save us, but I could believe for us. And so it just changed my system because. So powerful. But but I do trust the Jesus part of Jeff. I trust what he submits to God, but the areas in our life that are not submitted to the Lord, none of us are trustworthy in. And so you may really be submitted to the Lord in your giving, or you may be submitted to the Lord in your relationships, but man, it comes to healing. You've had to learn to submit and trust God, even in the middle of stuff that doesn't make sense, but you still believe and trust the word over any man. Right. And that's what it means is I trust the word to work. I do trust that there's treasure Way more treasure than trash. The thing that I've, I've noticed about you, which is awesome, and this is so powerful for the listeners, and that you know we all need to get this. What I'm about to say about Allison is that you have so much trust in the Lord, yes. and your security is so much in the Lord that it allows you to love and trust Jeff. But even if he does screw up, you're so secure in the Lord that you can continue to be free with him. But at the same time, it's not giving him a permission slip to go screw up. No. What is that? Like, I'm trying to explain that. What is that? 
I, I, I hope that it's just the Spirit of God in me because I think Jesus is the ultimate example of this. He is on the cross. He has been mocked. He has been bare naked. Man, and I feel like that. Look, I mean, you, you feel embarrassed. You feel shame. You think people know if you love me, you wouldn't do these things, all this stuff. And so if you're listening, I mean, you have these thoughts. And there Jesus is hanging on a cross, and he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Well, I believe deception in people's lives, strongholds in people's lives, make them do things that they know not really what they would do. Because it's like that scripture that says that sin gives birth to a little thing, and it grows, and it grows, and it grows. Well, then it becomes death. No one, when they start something, thinks they're ending in death, or they wouldn't normally start it. It's not, you're deceived. And so when you realize that you love people, so I was talking about the children earlier and how most mothers listen to this. For me, I was sitting there, I was at the altar, I was just praying, okay, God, show me what I need to do. And the Lord said, and I felt like from the Holy Spirit, or, or, you know, or maybe I'm thinking, but I feel on the inside of me, would you love Hunter no matter what he ever did? And I said, Hunter's yes, your son. Hunter's our son, our oldest son. And I thought, yes. And I thought, I've ministered to people over the years that have children that are on drugs, that have um, broken things in their life, children that need miracles, children that have made bad decisions, children that are in prison, children that have hurt, raped people, and they still have their sons, and they can remember the good boy that when he was little. And they have these moments, and they're they're holding on to them. And I was listening and to praying with people and all that, and I thought, and the Lord told me, he said, you know, if people would pray for their marriages about like they pray for their children, most people wouldn't end a divorce. I really felt like he said that to me, like, Allison, you're more one with Jeff than you are with your kids. Your kids are going to grow up one day. You're not their covering, but you and Jeff are partners. Are you, are you willing to be a power partner? And I love how God, God partners with us when we become in a relationship with him. He's always a good partner, even when I'm not. He's always faithful even when I'm not. And even when I do bad things, he still outweighs me with mercy and grace. And even when I, I'm, I'm angry and I'm hurt and I'm, I'm immature, he still loves me and he still makes a way for me and love covers a multitude of sins. And if I really believe that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that the spirit of God is living on me and that I can house that and I can be a conduit of it, how can I express that to someone that's hurting me, someone that close to me? And your spouse is your closest relationship next right. to the Lord, or should be. And, right. and, and I wanted him to be. And so I began to fight for that. You know, to say, and let me say, that's why I say fight for your family, not with your family, because we fought. There's things that I hit him, I did things, I cussed, I said things, I threw stuff. I mean, I would pray, hear the voice of God, I could even make love to him, be happy for about two days, and then I could wake up to a bad dream or run into something or mm. just have a moment and so and just wake up and think, hide the guns in Jesus' name. <laughs> <laughs> Call someone, <laughs> the authorities. We need, you know, because you're, you're and hurting people do hurt people. And so that's what I'm talking about. There was a cycle. We we entered into a cycle of of pain for many years. I got a question for okay. you. The ant that did to Jeff that in my opinion, and Jeff's been kind of started this whole thing. Yes. Is she still around? Have you ever seen her again? Did it, was there forgiveness for her? No, I, from what I understand, well, no, I know this for a fact. Um, during that process, there were different things that happened and um, 
there was some divorces and different things. So she was not as much a part of the family. Now, maybe immediately there was some seeing each other after the events and some different stuff like that. But as time went on, but I will tell you what was really odd. And this is what the Lord took me back to when I'm talking about Jeff being a little boy. Mm -hmm. I was, and I was going to share this about the altar. So good job, Matt, bringing that out. (laughs) So, um, Jeff and I were dating and he has shared with me what had happened with his aunt. So, you know, we're young and, to be honest, I didn't know that that was something we probably needed to get help on. You're you're 14 and 15 years old, and you meet each other. And now I look back, if we'd met each other uh, probably a little older and all that come out, I would have understood we need to talk about some things. Let's go dig some roots up because we all have roots, and you have to get them out. And um, we were in Walmart and from our old home down, and we were walking, and she rounded the corner, and I'd never seen her before. But I knew something in the moment shifted. And here I am, and if you've seen Jeff. You didn't Jeff, know who she was. I'd never seen her. Because wow. she wasn't a part of their life when I came in at 14, 15. Um, and we ran into her. And Jeff, if you've ever seen him, he's a bigger guy, mm-hmm. or he's bigger than me. And um, he's athletic, and, you know, you he's a little intimidating, but he's super sweet. Or some people say he's, I think he's mm-hmm. a big teddy bear. But we were holding hands, and his hand, I remember, started sweating. And I just knew the moment had changed. Right. Yeah. Well, we had, like, just a moment of speaking, and we walked on by. But I realized— You talked to her. Yeah, we talked—you know, said, hi, how are you? And, you know, he said, hi, how are you? And we— Are you saying hi, like, a, as a stranger? Like, oh, hey, yeah, how like, are you? Excuse well, like, me. No, Jeff was like, hey, how are you? It's like there was a, an there was acknowledgement a of yeah. knowing each other. Then when we walk off and we leave, he said, that was my aunt stuff happened with her. And I said, well, okay, well, you know, and I being immature. How old were you? I was probably 15 at the time, maybe 16. Oh, wow. Because we were dating. And so, and. Um, so at that time, that's only been a couple of years since that happened with Jeff. He, right. And here I am. And so I, I didn't know to probably say, how did that, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? And, you know, when we started dating and started being together, I I didn't know to have those hard conversations, like what's going on, what shifted in your life. And those layers didn't start to peel until after really the root happened. And I think about in Luke 17, Jesus talks about forgiving. and talks about forgiving 70 times 7, which really he's meaning infinitely for, for the same thing. Right. I love he's talking to the disciples, and they're like, Dude, increase our faith. (laughs) That's the first thing they say. Because it takes faith to forgive. It takes faith to say, God, I trust you, Proverbs 3, 5. I I trust the Lord with all my heart. I lean not on my own understanding. Because you will never understand why people do stupid stuff. Because you can't understand the enemy. Because we think it's people, but we have to understand it's deeper than that. There's spiritual things going on around us. And so in this moment when when all this is happening, I didn't know how to dig anything up. I didn't know how to have a, a deeper conversation. But Jesus, you know, he's saying, you need to have faith, faith to forgive. And so I began to think, okay, Jeff and I've got to get to a place where we know how to dig that root up. So it goes on, and after it says faith to forgive, the Lord says, man, if you had the faith just the size of a mustard seed, you could speak to this tree and it be uprooted. And to me, offense is unforgiveness. It's the number one stealer of what breaks down our relationships because the greatest commodity we have is each other. It's relationships. And so how the enemy tries to come in through that, 
And I think that you have to get in and let the Word and let the Holy Spirit show you where your roots are. And Jeff had a root in his life that he did not know how to dig up, and I didn't know how to help him. And it had been buried for so long and just been such a part of his life that that little bit of perversion, that doing something that felt sneaky makes everything feel different. There's a getting away. Maybe I owe this to myself. It's a reward system because there was a pleasure that came with a feeling of pleasure. All that in your psyche works together. And God, by the renewing of our mind, Romans 12, he can reroute that, but you got to dig this stuff up and then you got to run new roads. So for, that's just, so, there's so much wisdom there. I mean, you could sit there and preach a whole sermon on that. Uh, hashtag for those of you who don't know, uh, Allison's a preacher. Just going to throw that out there in case you were wondering. Covenant Church, Douglas, Georgia. I love it. There South you Georgia, go. baby. But you, I mean, now you guys, you, you realize you might be listening to Allison or if you're watching on YouTube, you're, you know, you're actually watching and you're thinking, I can't you know, be like that woman. You know, how is she like that? I can tell you we've been around you. We've purposely, Terry and I have positioned ourselves to have you in our life. Yes. Like you, you and Jeff are the type of people that we want in our lives that encourage us. Like we sit here and we do this till last night, two o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, I just get so much out of you and, and why it's so important to surround yourself, whether it's one couple or one person surround yourself with somebody spiritually that can pull you up and yeah. elevate you and level you up when you're down. I want to go back to what you okay. said about trust and how we talked about, you know, God told you, you know, he never called you to trust people only love to him. trust, to trust him. And mm -hmm. so you can love other people. Mm -hmm. So we know you love Jeff. We know you trust God. Do you ever worry that Jeff's going to do it again? You know, honestly, even in the past with the other cycles, I really feel like I, I just know I don't really live in a place of fear. Now, I'm not going to tell you I haven't had days. That would be a lie. I've had moments, but they really almost feel like a weird attack on my mind. Like, you know that it's just, well, and I think you have to take your thoughts captive. I think anyone that's ever had something, when a thought starts to come to me, and, and people say, how do you take a thought captive or how do you meditate on the word? I'm like, worry is meditating on the wrong thing. I'm going to I'm gonna um, meditate on the right thing. So I would replace my thoughts. So if I would begin to start thinking of something, I would just say, okay, Lord, I, I trust you. I would just speak it out. Go ahead and begin to say something or I'm hurting right now. And, and Jeff and I are very transparent with each other. I'm so thankful. And he has loved me well, too, when I'm not being kind to him. And um, he's had to forgive me. And, you know, I believe in affairs or different things that happen. There are two sides to that, but both need help. You know, I was walking through forgiveness, but Jeff was walking through forgiveness because part of one reason Jeff cycled is he didn't really forgive himself. And until Jeff really forgave it, learned to forgive himself, I forgave him before he forgave himself. And as long as he had that bitter root, and that unforgiveness in himself, the, the, bad, the bad fruit would continue to come out. Now, it may not be an as bad, but that, that seed would grow up. And when he really began to forgive himself and see himself in the identity of who God's called him to be, um, it's almost like the, 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 the fruit started dying off the tree, the limbs. I'm talking bad right. stuff. Because, you know, a lot of times you can pick a bad behavior off. Yeah. But then it comes but back in another, but there. the root's still there. And so we had to, you know, go looking for that. And so I listen, trusted the Lord to help us both find the root. Listening to you talk about this, I wish I would have asked him this question and I didn't. So maybe you can answer it for him because you, you know, a lot of ways know him better than he knows himself. How do you forgive yourself? 
how, how did he do that? Because I know that there's people listening that have been in this situation yeah. or are in this situation. If you're the person that's yeah. cheating, how do you forgive yourself? Because um, for me, I think what happened to Jeff is, I think he had to forgive by faith too. I think he'd have to look in the mirror and say, you're a good man. You're going to make it. You love your wife. Your body belongs to the Lord. And I think that when he began thinking stuff, and I don't know if he shared this, but he got to a place where he he even had a thought or one small thing would start to happen. He would share it. Like he would go ahead and just expose it. I think for a few years, another after reason. He was after he after He told me, he said that yeah, that's like, kind like of an ongoing it, thing. It is. And so I think that's part of the freedom of it because I think part of the cycle was thinking I can fix this by myself. I got me into it. I can get me out of it. Listen, there's nothing we can get into and get out of without God. So you know? this is just the man yeah. asking. And okay. I didn't ask him this question. I would like, so like, what does that look like? Like when he shares something like, is it like, Hey babe, I was in a movie. Uh, I was in a meeting today and, and a lady sat in front of me. And she had really big boobs. And I thought about her boobs. Like what, what does he confess? Like, what does he say? You know what I mean? Like his, his would be, um, he would say, somebody walked by me and I got that feeling that I could probably do something with them. And he said, I don't want them to feel like they could do something with me. Doesn't that hurt you to hear that? You know, to be honest with you, no, because that's a lot better than him doing it and coming back and telling right. it later. To be, It's like your kids. Would you not rather... Okay, this is... I'm, I know I'm going back to the child thing, but it, it was how I... I thought you doesn't it make you happier with your kids when they come in and tell you what yeah. they're thinking about before they actually act yeah. Dad, I was at a party last night. Everybody was drinking and smoking. I was with a group of guys and they turned on some porn and I thought, man, okay, I'm, but I'm not going to watch that or I, I, I need to go ahead and leave. But I did. I, I kind of thought, man, you know, I thought about that for a second, but you say, son, that's not who you really are. I'm so proud of you or Sam, God's got, you know, you would, you would transition that. So really I began to think, man, he's starting to see himself as different. And not yeah. and not the old self because he was a new creature in Christ. You can have get saved, love God, be going to heaven, and I believe have really bad strongholds and habits. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people disagree with me on that. They're like, no, no, no. If you really love God, you wouldn't do that. Well, I mean, I know a lot of people that really love God. They gossip, and and, and here's the thing about mm-hmm. the sin thing. How can God put overeating and killing somebody in the same thing in adultery? I don't know. <laughs> But he does. Kind of makes me mad. But, he, you know, he does. And you're like, okay, Lord. Because to him, there's nothing that's not forgivable other right. than denying him. And he even hates that you do that. Right. He said, man, I made a way. Choose life, choose life, choose life. So even when we're in our stupid mess, he's trying to bring us into a life relationship. And so that's what began to shift. So I think Jeff's really, for him, it was just looking at himself and um, beginning to say those things, but it didn't really bother me. I felt better when he was honest and would say I'm struggling. And now I will tell you this: I do know he's not struggled in a long time with that. Right. Let me I, let me ask you this. Surprisingly, but I I do know that now he may struggle with other stuff, but not <laughs> yeah. talking to you. It's it's very evident that you love God and trust God. Like yes. you really like you really are in love with Jesus. Have you ever been mad at God? Have you ever questioned God? I I'm not. I would not say, I'm not, yeah, mm-hmm. I've cussed him out. What does that mean, you cussed him out? Well, you cuss when you're talking to him, but he already, I was thinking it, and he, if he knows the thoughts before they get to my head, I'm like, I might as well say it and get this off my chest. He says he knows your thoughts. I might as well say it and get it off my chest. Write the letter, burn it. God's not afraid of our emotions and we act like he is. He gave them to us. He just doesn't want us to be led by them. 
And you cannot be led by your feelings. You've got to be led by faith. And in love, in love, and God is love, Jesus, love is a noun and a verb. Love is action, and then it's a noun because it was Jesus. And now love lives in you. And you have to let that flow through you and go through you. And so for me, it was just recognizing that and experiencing it saying, okay, God, I need your love as a verb, and I need your love as a noun. So did you ever get mad? Like, how could you do this to me? How yeah, I was could like, you let Lord, I mean, I saved myself for this. I, I, I've My whole life is for you. I mean, I, I felt like I am a living sacrifice. I, the last time it happened, I was like, Lord, take me out. <laughs> I'd be like, take me out. And, and it wasn't in a negative sense, but I mean, you are thinking, okay, I'm praying. I'm doing all I know I do. And here's the other hard thing I just want to share for anyone listening is even when you know what to do and you're loving God and He's called you to do something, you still can't control the other person. Right. And I realized I had to, that's where the trust thing really came in. Because when we don't trust someone, we normally become controllers. Say that again. When we don't trust someone, we normally become controllers. So true. You, you know why you hold a kid's hand when they're two years old walking down the road? Because you don't, don't trust, trust them. You know why you keep your husband's cell phone by you at night? It's because you don't trust them. I mean, and I'm not saying that there's not seasons of rebuilding that. And I do believe that in right relationships, you know, you have, people have to be careful in right relationships. You have to really focus in and understand that um, you have to be able to be transparent, talk about hard things. Did it hurt more the second time you found out or the first time? I don't know. It hurt every time. It never quit hurting. It hurts now. Does it really? In the sense of it, it hurts that you, you know, you hate that's your story. Yeah. And maybe I'm wrong for saying that, but that's no, my, true. I mean, I know, hate, don't I you hate, hate CF? I hate that cystic fibrosis okay. is our story, yeah. but I've always been intentional with my kids yeah. to never wear that as the banner of my okay, life. Okay, because you you're not either. a victim. Exactly. And so here's what I believe. We're and by the way, that's why I think my kids are doing so well today yeah. because that was the diagnosis, but it wasn't their identity and their destiny. Right. So I never let them wear it. Mason didn't even know what cystic fibrosis was or heard it until he was like nine or 10 yeah. years old. So I just think that's so important that these things happen to us, but when it becomes us, mm -hmm. that's when we get sick. That's so when we get when, angry. That's when healing right. doesn't happen. So when you've been abused or you've had someone do stuff with you or you've had been raped or you've had labels put on you and you've had those things and then they get in you, like we're talking about. And so um, there's this mentality of this is just who I am. Mm. I'm always going to be this. I'm always going to, and that's the lie because that's not really who you are. You are who God says you are. Yeah. And and you have to replace that. And I, I, I know I'm saying that easily, but it did not happen for me. I was intentional to read the word of God. I was intentional to, if I had went by what my friends said, I would have packed Jeff's stuff up and burnt everything probably. What were some of the things they said? And are they still your friends? You know, some still are, but I would think, you know, and probably people had distanced themselves from us too because you're thinking, oh my God, I can't watch this train wreck anymore. You know, your life can be so messy that other people are afraid of it, you know. Yeah. And I think of the scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, 7 is what the Lord showed me. Love beareth all things. Now we read that, we say it. Love endures all things. I mean, you can quote that. We got married and I made vows. For better or for worse, in sickness and in health till death do us part. And I meant those vows when I said them. But boy, when I had to put them in action, I had to start bearing <laughs> underneath them. Most Different of story. us are in a society that says, quit. Yeah. Get out. 
you're foolish to stay. It's not really quitting that's, because they did it, not that's you, right, so that's it's not, safe to do that. But that's not what my vow said. My vow said, Jeff, I'll be with you for better or for worse. But when you get the worst of them, are you still in it? Did you ever think you were going to leave? Did you want to give up? Did you Did you say, I'm done? I th- you're, you're right, Sally. I should do that. Like, Did you ever say it to your friends or in your heart? I didn't say that. I do know, and Jeff knows this now, so when I say it, it's going to... Don't let anyone be hurt by it. I would be okay now if Jeff left. Wow. I would not want him to. I would be okay then if Jeff left. Because the only thing I needed was Jesus, but boy, I wanted him to stay. Oh my God, it makes me want to cry. And I wanted him to love me, and I wanted him to love our children. I wanted him to love God. It's so powerful and sad at the same time. But I also knew that God would take care of me whether... Jeff stayed or not. It's so important. And I realized, did I ever want to leave Jeff? No, but I wanted Jeff to stay right. Did I ever beg him to stay? No. Now, I did threaten him, if you do this, we'll, I'll leave you and all that. And so I threatened after the second cycle. And um, I was in my bedroom and the Lord said, Allison, I've Okay, God talks to me. I hate it if he doesn't talk to you. The reason he may not be talking to you is because you're not talking to him. I actually believe he's always talking. That's why he's called the Word. He wrote it down. If you're not hearing God, read the Bible. He's talking to you, and he will talk to you through it. So if you're like, I don't know what she's saying. If you don't believe God's real, I challenge you, read the Word. He'll show himself to you. He will. Holy Spirit will manifest and give you something you never thought you'd get. And my best is yet to come, and Jeff's best is yet to come. But in these moments, I just thought, okay, Lord, and so I I was sitting in our bedroom, and um, he said, I've called you to unconditionally love Jeff. I've called you to bear all things. And I said, okay. And I actually wrote this down because I, I really wanted to make sure I, I said it. It says, love beareth all things, endurance. Regardless of what comes, it never gives up. It remains. It perseveres. It's not dependent on circumstances or other behaviors. It doesn't fluctuate with human emotions. So I was like, okay, God, I I need some help here. It preserved. This means you don't just stay or remain, but you push forward. So not only I wasn't deciding to stay married to Jeff, I wanted our marriage to move forward. Love bears bravely and calmly. It forgives, puts up with, believes. It endures. And endurance and bears is not something we're accustomed to, like I was saying earlier. So I thought, okay, Lord, I need your help. I need your nature in this moment. And that beareth word in the Greek means stay go. And it means to cover, shelter, or protect. And so the Lord told me, said, do you want to be part of Jeff's shelter system? If not, I'll release you. Wow. And I said, Lord, if I trust that you're going to make him the man that I saw when I was 14 and someone else gets the good of him after I've had the bad, I'm going to be angry. I'm going to be a mad white woman. You know what I mean? (laughs) The journals of this is not going to be good. Medea just went crazy. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, if someone else ate of the fruit of the tree that I did, and it calls on endurance, but doesn't that what the Word of God says, to press forward toward the mark, to endure all things? And I believe as believers, we get confused. When things don't happen the way we think they should, we just, okay, that's not God. I quit. People will say it's not God because they have to endure. Wow. He never said, said, in this world there will be tribulation. There's going to be things you got to endure. Be of good cheer. He said in Luke 17, offenses will come. I don't know if your rent money's coming. I don't know if your job's coming. I don't know if your tax money's coming back. The offenses will come, but but here I am. Let me ask you a question because you're a preacher. It's a totally separate subject. 
he's he did say in this world you will have tribulation. Why do people interpret that to sickness? I don't know. It's the complete. It's not even what he's saying. It's not. That's tribulation not. is what's the difference between tribulation and sickness? Because God said you will have tribulation, but I have friends, family members that say, "Well, see." Well, this always, is tribulation. It's like, no, that's sickness. And well, then they go to like Paul and Job, like the thorn in the flesh and all that. Like, well, I, I wanted to do, this is No, important. no, that's okay. Okay, so for me, I believe when I read the word of God, Jesus says, I only do what the Father does and I only say what the Father says. I want to be that guy. I want to be that girl. Let me just go ahead and say that. So I, in this moments of prayer, not my will, not my way, not my pleasure, not my perspective, not even my flavor. I want God's. That's what Jesus said. Yeah. And he labored in it in the garden, right? I mean, he labored. Our tribulation moments in our life that I believe happen are when you have to labor and you have to die to yourself and let more of him come. It has is, nothing it, to do with sickness? I don't believe it has anything to do with sickness, and I'll tell you why I believe that. It said Jesus came and healed all that were sick and oppressed of the enemy. It says in James that only good stuff comes from God and only bad stuff comes from the enemy. And then people, well, I believe it's God's will that you were sick. I'm like, then why do you keep going to the doctor and getting out of it? I mean, if you think it's God's will, just stay at home and enjoy it, baby. I mean, don't <laughs> right? go to the doctor. I mean, man, I'm sorry. This is No, this notes. is why I asked. So for me. This is why I asked. For me, what that means is, yes, there's attacks that come. Yes, there's things that come against you. There's things going on, but they were not given by God for you. And they're not, but God said, I want to come and I want to do miracles. First Peter 2.24 that says, by his stripes, we were healed. Psalms 103, everyone in the world, we can believe that Jesus forgives sins, but there's a benefit. That's forgiveness of sins, he says. Forget not all his benefits, who heals all our diseases, forgives all our iniquities, renews your youth. Like they, I mean, he no, is a package God, and we separate that. And I think we do that to make ourselves feel better, just like people say stuff like, man, I'd leave them because we don't want to endure no more. Right. Because so, it's a lot of pressure when you really have to think, okay, what part do I play in this? It's easier to do that, I think, to say, man, that's that's just the Lord. How, how important was a support system for you that told you the right things, the godly things when you were going through hell and who were those people? Okay. My mom and dad were my um, first cheerleaders, which they are the greatest people in the world. I know you feel that way too. I love them. The, the, Popes, the greatest lovers of all. They're coming on as a yeah, couple. They're, they're going to be our first couple, Eli, that comes on the show. The Popes. They're amazing. But they, they really, um, they love me. They love Jeff. They would have supported me in whatever I did, but they still would have loved him. And um, that's a pretty powerful place. But my mom was also the kind that was like, you cannot penalize Jeff. You have to be prayerful about Jeff. Because, like, you know, she really kept me in check. And I had two other friends that I would call. And if I needed to say something ugly or I had a moment, I could have a, a five-minute pity party where I could say and do everything and have these stuff. But Jeff and I did not do that with each other over and over again because you can't live in your future when you're always focusing on your past. Uh, and it has to be a place that you share. So I could have moments of remembrance, but I didn't throw it up in front of him. If I had something, I would really go to them. I'm not telling you, I wasn't transparent. I said, man, I've had a rough day. But I didn't go back to, I feel this way, this way, this way. Yeah. How important is it for you and for people that you didn't tell your mom and dad or your friends every single bad thing that Jeff did so they wouldn't have a predetermined notion about him 
when you came out on the other side. You know well, I mean? I'm going to share this, something that I think people do wrong in relationships. Have you ever really been to a, a meeting where there's been people that have come through drug addiction and you get up and you hear them talk, they talk general. They do not name their dealers. They don't name their buyers. They don't tell you every situation. I mean, I haven't seen them do that right. yet. And I've been doing this a while. I mean, maybe a little one-on-one with somebody, you might share a little more details. Mm-hmm. But the Lord, t- um, as we were walking through it, I realized that there was danger in the details. Hmm. Do you tell everybody every moment that you've had with CF? No. Do you just tell share every moment in intimacy, in directness of what she went through? No. And to me, it, it began to be a place where I shared what I felt like needed to be said mm-hmm. so that we could get healing, but I did not do details. And I'll go on and say as much as this, details, I believe in getting Christian counseling, someone that believes the Word of God and will talk to you. I believe in having the right friends. I believe in you getting in the right, getting in the Word of God, being in a right atmosphere. I believe you need to have boundaries on what you talk to with your spouse and what you don't. As you're walking through healing, there has to be some guardrails and boundaries you put up because you're dangerous to each other when you're both hurt like that. And you have to get to a place where you can speak heart to heart from a healed position and not a hurt position, or it just, it compounds and it becomes Do you think counseling is important? I think... If you don't have a safe place and you aren't in a, where you can talk openly with each other, you need a mediator. Yes, I think it's important. What, what was the hardest part for you to forgive? Like, it, how, what was the hardest part of forgiveness? Because the there's hardest- there's not many like you in the world that are so secure in in God and their relationship with Jesus that they can move forward like this. So I'm thinking of those people that don't have the relationship with God that you have that are going through the same circumstance that you went through that I want them to have the same outcome as you. Is it possible? What was the hardest part of, of forgiveness and getting to the other side? The hardest part for forgiveness for me was um, it going over and over and over in my mind. Now that may sound odd, but once you can even say, I forgive someone, but then you would think about it, think about it, think about it, think about it. And it would just replay, replay. And I really had to be intentional about what I talked about, what I meditated on, what I read. I mean, I am like, I can listen to it now. So I love music, but there was this song, me and Mrs. Jones, we got a thing going on. Yep. I could sing that after that happened. I thought, I'm on Shoot up Jeff every time I heard me and Mrs. Jones. <laughs> right. So, and you have to realize also what some of your triggers are for certain people. There may be different things. So I had to really say, okay, if I might, if my mind, like Lifetime movies or those those shows that are like all the women and men that are killing each other's spouses. I'm like, we can't watch that kind of stuff right he, now. He, he shared a story last week about how you would be like at one time you guys were in a movie theater and the movie theater was about the guy had an affair and y'all just got up and we walked just out left. and there was two other couples there. Yeah. And you just sat in the lobby until they we came waited. out and you're like, and he goes, and they knew yeah. why we got up. Yeah. But you know, yeah. Because, well, because it just brings on a lot of stuff. So I think the hardest thing for me in walking out forgiveness is you will forgive and you'll want to forgive. And you have this moment where, man, it feels like everything's wonderful again in the world. But then you get along and you have these memories and these thoughts. And it's really getting control of your stinking thinking. I'm asking this for the ladies. Okay. I feel led to ask this very, very, very personal question. So if it's too I'm much, to go. 
give me a give me the boot. How can you have a good sex life and be confident in yourself intimately with your husband after that was broken and he went with another woman? I actually think it's by faith. What does that mean? I'm going to share with you because for me, um, it it was a process. Um, I, it was not always good for me. Uh, we actually, Jeff will maybe even share this with you. We we knew details. He has shared some details, and so we would start to do something because I knew he had done it with someone else. Those were things for a season in our life that. We couldn't do. You know what's really crazy is as we began to walk through forgiveness and God started to heal both of us, we could do those things together in intimacy, loving on each other, and it doesn't bring up pain or past anymore. So that's really sweet for me that we can be in wow, same that... positions or different things that he had shared. And um, You asked details? Like you know what he did? Yes. And I, and I wished and I had how? enough. That's what I'm saying. I wished I had enough. Well, and actually, I didn't even ask. He threw it up. Also, and so I think that that's why probably you need to have some boundaries and some counseling and some stuff because right. it affects your aftermath. <laughs> you understand? Right. I mean, like, so, but the Lord can go in and heal those things where you realize that you're doing things from a new position, a new place, that God's started a new thing in you and you don't have to bring your past with you. But that, that took time. So for me, um, a few things that we did is we would pray together before we made love. Um, we would read the Bible together. We would even sometimes make love and we'd have worship music on. And I know that this, because God, sex is not ugly. It is not dirty. Say, it's that, a that gift from the Lord. That kind of sounds weird to me. Like, so um, Terry not, and I have never had sex to worship music. Hashtag disclaimer. We've never, is that weird? Is that bad? I, I don't know. Like, well, try it and then let us know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know what details. Terry, you I'm in the mood. Put on some Hillsong. That's right. <laughs> this is real love. <laughs> so for me, because everything, the enemy's perverted sex. Jeff had a perverted form of sex. I really had an innocent, um, I belonged to him, he belonged to me. So right. the hard part for me was like, you're mine. How can that be shared with anyone else? Right. And so God began to pull those things together, but we made it, it is intimate. You know, that's what the Lord did was he wants us to be spirit, soul, and body connected. A lot of people can be spiritually connected at church every now and then, or maybe when there were certain groups, and they can be emotionally connected, having fun, playing, then they can be physically connected. But real intimacy is when all three of those can work together. Awesome. But that is a process of surrendering yourself to the Lord, them surrendering themselves, and now today we're there. But it did not just happen. So that's that's honest. It's a process. One thing, and then you know, slap me and correct me if I'm out of line for saying this, but you and Jeff are the only people in my life that I've ever actually had to have a real, I got to have a real conversation okay. with and ask the real questions that I've always wondered instead of just talking about it behind their back with yeah. my wife, like mm -hmm. the voice was. All of us I'll do. do. Yeah. How could they do? How could he do that? How could she take him back? Yeah. And I bet you their relationship is not even what it was before. Because how can it be? If you break a vase, right. there's always cracks on That's it, even right. when you rebuild it. Like we've said all those. Hey, things. but in China and Japan and them, they do that gold bonding on a broken vase. It makes it worth more money, and it makes the cracks. It's, it makes it even more fortified. You got to look it up. It is a cool thing. Check it out. Just let you know. Keep going that. with that. I'm sorry. Oh, no, but here's my question. It, 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 again. I hate when people say, especially when it's the person who cheated, which it's normally the guy, uh -huh. I hate when the guy says, 
It was the best thing that ever happened for our marriage because now everything's even better. And I'm like, that's a law. I'm like, really, dude? No, no, like, no, no, you no. had to go freaking bang three chicks just to know how much you like? I no. hate that. Is that that's wrong? Am I wrong for thinking that, or is that no? And like, I, help me. I really hate it. Okay. <laughs> I really, because really what that does is it just makes us feel better about the moment. And and that's okay. I think it's a coping mechanism that people do because mm-hmm. in all honesty, the best stories are the stories that, that don't have to have all the broken pieces. But what's the great thing about the mercy and grace of God is he takes broken things and makes them beautiful. Amen. But it's not God's best. And it, it's his mercy and grace being in our lives, which I'm thankful for. And for some people, the reason I believe they feel like it's better is because for that person, they can finally be completely honest. Uh, Jeff probably feels better now than he ever has because his life sure. is open. But it's it, but, he's different. But, it didn't have anything right. to do with your marriage. That's right. But it he's was... different. But it's not. But because he's different, everything he does is better. Not just our marriage, but because he's finding out who he is in the Lord and his identity and who he is in Christ. Every area of your life will get better, every aspect. So the marriage benefits, but that didn't have to happen. You don't have to have really bad things happen for you to get better. So, and I'll end with this. We're coming in. This was so awesome. Has anyone ever told you that they remind, you remind them of like a young Joyce Myers? Yes. Like, seriously, you're yes. like Joyce Meyer 30 years ago. Even though I didn't know her 30 years ago, but I think she was something like I think she's awesome. I'm hoping I'm half that anointed. (laughs) Would you say that today your marriage, your relationship with Jeff, your sex life, everything is better than it was 15 years ago? Yes, because we've been practicing at it. And the more you practice, the better you play. (laughs) (laughs) Practice makes perfect. Or or practice. Yeah. yeah, Practice makes permanent. (laughs) How's that? That's awesome. Practice makes permanent. And so here's the thing. When you first start doing something, it may not be natural. But even in doing the things of God, as you practice those things, they'll become permanent in your life. I started practicing them. And that's why forgiveness is a permanent thing for me. I practiced forgiveness. It was not always easy. I practiced love. I practiced mercy. I practiced um, being gracious and gentle. And I'm still really practicing self-control. So, you know, I mean, I think everyone is. So, But I'm getting better at it. So I think that that's what people would, I'd really want someone to leave with today more than anything is that forgiveness is the real F word in my life and you can have faith but here's the other thing you've already got it in you everything you need is already on the inside of you you just got to practice it out it's so awesome it was great talking about all this today for so many reasons i think it's really going to help a lot of people um i always ask our guests if there's one thought one story a scripture a quote whatever it is to help our audiences level up our listeners level up what can you tell them maybe specifically for women who have been in a relationship or someone who's in a relationship and and they're about to call it quits because of this because i've seen you now i didn't know you guys before i've known you for the last year you're you're some of the funnest people to be around you're some of the most encouraging people to be around he he can't keep his hands off of you, and it's not in a way to where can't keep my hands to myself. No, right? like, <laughs> but he, it's it's not in a fake way. No, he's not saying sorry to you no, anymore. No, he's not. He's just, and I've never really seen this before. Like he he's not guilty. He's not right. ashamed. He's he's out of the I'm sorry stage. Yeah, he's just free, mm-hmm. and he loves. Like, how can you help people get there? What 
can they do? What can you leave them with? Well, I believe that everybody um, has these moments in their lives, these crossroads. We all have breaking points, and you either break through or break down. And Jeff and I decided not to break up and break down. We decided to break through. And I believe that the system that we're talking about that you've been listening to today is the system that God put on us is the inhale and the exhale. We all inhale things and we all have to exhale things. Most of us, we inhale and then we hold on to it. Mm. We hold on to pain. We hold on to, but even the good things of God, He wants you to breathe them in and breathe them out because He wants to give you another breath. He don't want you to hold, He don't want yesterday to be your best day. He don't want high school to be your glory years. He, he wants your best to be yet to come. Amen. And that's the process of inhaling, exhaling. So wherever you're at today, if the breath has been knocked out of you or you feel like you are, um, toxic because of what you've been holding on to on the inside. I'm going to tell you that through the help, if you say, Jesus, help me, I want to exhale all of this baggage. I believe that you blow that out and he will. And then you've got to replace what you've been breathing, put on a new breathing system and start inhaling what God says about you. Get around the right people that are going to encourage you. Uh, find some faith friends, faith family is what I call it, iron friends that sharpen each other. Um, power partners that are going to speak the truth to you in love. Um, they're going to bring the best out in you. And I believe that you begin to move forward with that. And the way you level up is taking an obstacle and making an opportunity and saying, this is my breakthrough, not my breakdown. Unbelievable. So awesome. Can you, do you have any more room for ladies that you can be their power partner? You could be their friend. Can people reach out to you? Can ladies come to you? Can you help people? Like how can people find you? And do you, do you still talk to, you know, I don't want to sound like that, but like, do you talk to the general public? Yes, I do. So um, you can visit our church which is oneconnection.org, oneconnection.org. Um, I'm Allison Pope Bramlett on Facebook. I'm Allie Bram on Instagram. I have the website, but you can call my church office. You can email me. I, I give out my cell numbers on everything in the world. So yeah, I I believe my favorite thing about the Lord, and this is what I want to say, He was touchable. Absolutely. And um, I believe because I knew that He was, it's what helped me. And um, I try to at least make myself available to people or get them in contact with someone because it matters to surround yourself with people that can can see the best in you. It's like Jeff said last week, people that are treasure hunters and not trash inspectors. And we're treasure hunters. I believe everyone has a divine purpose, a divine call, and that God does save to the uttermost if you let him and that he can work miracles and he can change your outcome. So don't believe that where you're at today don't quit. Don't give up. This is just a sentence. This is just a moment, but this is not the end of the book. He said he is the author and the finisher, and he's going to complete it and make it good for you. The reason I think, you know, you remind me so much of Joyce Myers, you, your personality, you're funny, you're relatable, and you're just a deep well of wisdom and the power that you carry. The other thing that after talking to you today is, you know, Joyce Meyer talks about her story of how she was raped by her father and all that, and then that forgiveness your story is, you know, going through that with your husband. You're only in your early 40s. In 20, 30 years, like, I I do think your platform is going to be way, way bigger, that of Joyce Myers. And I do think we're in a spot where over the last 15, 20 years, God has really raised up the female voice yes. everywhere, you know, I business, agree. in mm -hmm. the church, yes. everything to where 30, 40 years ago, women yeah. didn't preach and mm -hmm. women weren't business owners and all yeah. that. Uh, do you still think you'll be touchable in 20, 30 years or, you I know, cause we can't just call Joyce Meyer on her cell phone today. I do think I'll probably be touchable just because of the family I grew up in, the way we function. Um, 
in life. Just our person, my natural personality loves, loves the people, loves people. I love God. I love people. And so, uh, you know, I may be quicker with it, but I do think I'll, I'll always be touchable. I do too. I do. And I, just like, I think you are. I, absolutely. I still am touchable for most people that reach out to me on mm-hmm. Instagram, Facebook, whatever. I always respond, or at least I do my best to. I, I hope that you haven't been trying to reach out to me and I haven't been responsive. <laughs> but I'll tell you this. If you've listened today, please like and share like I always ask you to. Please subscribe. But more importantly, um, I really do feel like between Jeff last week and Allison this week, I think a lot of people are going to be seeking restoration and seeking help. If you would like to get a hold of Allison or you would like your husband or someone to talk to Jeff, we can make that happen. So make sure you reach out to Allison, like she said, on her Facebook. It's Allie Bram. Allie Bram is my Instagram. Allison Pope Bramlett is my Facebook. And then you know how to reach out to me and I can hook you up with them. But that's the whole point of Level Up. Like, yeah, I want you to like, subscribe and give us a five-star rating, all that stuff. But more importantly, I did this to help people. And, and Eli and I put this together with the vision of leveling people up and helping people. So um, I know a lot of people that struggle with this subject um, that we've talked about over last week and this week. And if you want to reach out to the Bramlets and you really want help, reach out to us. We'll make it happen. That's what we're here to do. And then again, I hope that you do share this and I hope that you do give us a five-star rating because it's super important. We continue to grow and I'm so, so proud of, of what we do every week. And thank you so much, Allison, for coming on Level Up. No shame in our game, baby. You're the best, sister. You are the best. Surround <laughs> yourself with people who encourage you. Surround your spouse with people who encourage them because in the end, you'll have a relationship better than you ever thought possible and your whole life will level up. Thanks again for listening. This has been another week of Level Up.